Welcome into the Pick'em Pod, brought to you by the Block M Podcast Network as we start to wind down the college football season, hitting the final stretch as the calendar turns to November Week 10, and we've got some great games on the docket. I am Luke Yardy, joined by Von Lozon and Dan Plucker, licking our wounds after a tough, tough week a week ago. Far and away the worst week of the season for all of us combined. Dan suffered his first losing week of the season. And of course, uh, if you're going to suffer your first losing week, you might as well do it in dramatic fashion, going one and seven. Vaughn and I, not a whole lot better, each going two and six. So it was a really rough one. We're looking to make a major bounce back here this week. Dan does still hold on to the season lead at 39, 35, and three, followed by Vaughn at 38, 36, and three, followed by me at 37, 37, and three. So we have been about as tight as it could possibly be as we hit the final four weeks of the college football season. Guys, what's going on? How you doing here? Rough week last week, Luke. You couldn't have summed it up any better than what you just did. Really brutal. Um, yeah, Dan, he he finally went below 500 in the most epic way possible. Uh, and we didn't really do a whole lot better, Luke. So hoping to do much, much better this week because uh, I actually threw some money down on some of those picks that we made last week. So hoping to uh, uh, right the ship this weekend. And I think we got a good chance to do it, Dan. Yeah, uh, I think so too. At least I got one. That's what I'm going to say. I didn't go full 0-8, so I'll uh, hang my hat on that, I guess, for the first losing week. It wasn't a perfect skunk week, Um, but no, uh, I think that, like Vaughn was saying, I think this week's going to be a little bit better. We burned the film from last week. It was just a bad week, and uh, we'll get back (laughs) on the horse this week, so let's do it. I like it. Burn the film, man. That's that's the best way. We're not going back to last week anymore. I, I certainly know that. We are going to look forward here, and month of November should be a lot of fun in college football with a lot of uh, teams vying for the four spots in the college football playoff. One of those teams coming off a loss a couple weeks ago and a close one last week is number 11, Penn State. They hit the road this week, and they are eight-and-a-half-point favorites as they head to Maryland to take on the Terps, Vaughn. Yeah, this is a really interesting spread because when I checked this morning, it was at 10 and then moved down to eight and a half this afternoon. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on with this one, but I'm going to take Penn State anyways to win and cover this eight and a half point spread. And it all kind of boils down for me. Uh, I'm going to chalk it up to late season Maryland. They've officially kicked into hyperdrive. Losing at Northwestern is about as embarrassing as it gets. And it's really remarkable how every season under Mike Loxley, this has pretty much happened to Maryland. Uh, And uh, yeah, they just need one more win to be bowl eligible. And there are no gimmies in this four game stretch for them. Uh, They, uh, they, they play obviously Penn state this weekend. They play Michigan. uh, They play Rutgers and they also have an away game at Nebraska. So uh, good luck. Uh, You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out for them. Uh, but I don't think they reach bowl eligibility this weekend. I will take Penn State with the points. How do you see it playing out, Dan? Yeah, I really liked Maryland at plus 10. I'm not going to lie. Uh, plus eight and a half. I think I'm still going with them. Uh, they had a great start to the season. I know the whole second half Maryland thing, but they outplayed both Illinois and Northwestern, um, even though they lost to both of those teams. 
it's just confusing uh, how this has all happened uh, because the ball, the ball's just been bouncing the wrong way. I feel like for them and Penn state on the other hand, looked terrible last week against Indiana and I they're desperate at this point. I mean, they came in as the number 11 team. I think they expected to be a little bit higher in the college football playoff rankings. Um, so I think that they're, they're, they're definitely, you know, they, they have a lot to show this week and on the road against the Maryland team that's had its ups and downs this season. But one place they've been good is their run defense, only 190 or only 109.3 rushing yards per game. They've allowed uh, the last three weeks. They've had some really strong performances, allowed only 62 rushing yards to Ohio State, 99 against Northwestern. So I think that eight and a half still is a little bit too much for me. It's going to be a close game. I can see Penn State winning by a touchdown, but with the game being in the hands of Drew Aller with the Maryland defense, uh, I think that this game could be a little bit closer than we expect. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Nittany Lions here. I'll, I will grab uh, eight and a half with them or lay eight and a half, I should say, with them. Uh, and, and Vaughn, you kind of said exactly what I was thinking, man. I'm going to bet against November Maryland here. They've lost three straight Northwestern and Illinois the last couple of weeks. They gave up 33 and 27 points in those games. Look, I don't think the Penn State offense is very good, and I think that was shown quite well in the Ohio State game. However, this Maryland defense, uh, it struggled a little bit. I think Drew Aller will be able to find some success, similar to what he did against Indiana. It wasn't pretty at times. They still put up 33. And look, Penn State, they've still got something to play for, right? They're still holding out hope that they lost to Ohio State, but maybe they can beat Michigan and Michigan beat Ohio State, and then things get weird in the East. They still have something to play for. Maryland, calendar turned to November three straight losses we've seen this movie play out a time or two it doesn't end very well for the Terps go ahead and give me Penn State and I'll lay eight and a half as we head to Bedlam number nine Oklahoma minus six as they visit Oklahoma State Dan yeah Oklahoma's not looked like the team that beat Texas for the last two weeks the loss to Kansas last week was the pinnacle of that the defense gave up 225 yards on the ground and after he started the game with the pick six Oklahoma just stopped using Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I mean, he ran for three touchdowns, but he threw the ball only 19 times for the whole game. Uh, and it's just those turnovers that cost them. Now they go to Oklahoma State, who's won four straight games against some good opponents, including that Kansas team. Uh, Alan Bowman, former Michigan quarterback transfer, taken over there and has been a really good counterpart um, to sophomore running back Ollie Gordon who just eclipsed 1,000 rushing yards last week, is averaging 7.7 yards per carry. He's hit almost 300 rushing yards, in, rushing yards in each of the last two games. The Cowboys have the momentum right now, and they could play in the Big 12 championship game if they win this game at home, so a lot to play for. I'm riding with the home team here in Stillwater, at least to keep this game close, maybe win outright. Vaughn, how do you see it playing out? I'm going to go with the home dog too. I've got Oklahoma state covering the spread. The, you know, it's the last bedlam game for the foreseeable future. And I think this is going to be an awesome football game. Oklahoma coming off 
a tough road loss, immediately hitting the road again to play their most hated rival. Oklahoma State is catching fire late in the season once again, and they're probably still a little irritated that Oklahoma is bolting to the SEC after this season. So I think this is going to be must-watch football this weekend. So I'm going to ride with the home dog here. They've won four straight games. Uh, They're on fire offensively. They're running back Ollie Gordon during this four game winning streak has ran for 857 yards and eight touchdowns in the four games. Previously he had 230 rushing yards combined in those four games. So he has just been on a tear. Oklahoma's run defense gives up on average 132 rushing yards per game. So I don't know if Oklahoma state's going to pull out the dub, but I do think they will keep it close this weekend and cover the spread. I'm rolling the other way here. I am taking the Sooners minus six. Uh, It's under the key number of seven, which I like. And I think this is a great bounce back opportunity for Oklahoma. Dan mentioned it, man. They have not looked like the same team uh, since that win against Texas. But I think that team is still there. The the team that was undefeated going into that game that pulled out the W, you know, uh, amid some adversity in that game against Texas in that great, you know, uh, game winning drive. I think that Sooners team is still there and this is a great bounce back spot in a rivalry game when the emotions are high uh kind of like this I think there's been a bit of a market over correction on, on Oklahoma given you know the performance two weeks ago against UCF and then last week's loss to Kansas I think this team bounces back sometimes it takes a loss to get the headset right I like Oklahoma to cover the six here uh this week on the road as we head out west number 19 UCLA a short three-point favorite visiting Arizona Vaughn yeah okay just looking ahead real quick we have so many spreads this week that are three points like we very well could draw on like five of these games I just wanted to point that out real quick uh looking ahead but I'm gonna take for this game I'm going to go with Arizona to cover the three at home. This team has really started to hit their stride, especially offensively. Only lost by a touchdown to Washington. They totally should have beat USC on the road. And then they turn that around, destroy Washington State. And then last weekend, upset Oregon State. They have the number 32 uh, total offense in the country. And UCLA, while they do have a stingy defense, I just got a feeling that Arizona is still going to be able to put points on the board. And on the other side for UCLA offensively, Dante Moore, he missed last week's game uh, with an injury. It sounds like he's going to come back for this weekend's game, but he has just not had a very good time uh, away from his home stadium uh, at at UCLA. So I I think, uh, you know, I'm not going to predict like another pick six by any means because he's thrown an absurd uh, amount of those already this season. Uh, And Arizona's defense just isn't like any of these other defenses that Dante Moore has played. So I I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I do think this is going to be a tight game and I will take Arizona to cover. Dan, how do you see it playing? Yeah, Arizona's in the midst of one of those streaks, man. Uh, They're a pretty underrated team, but I think that the market's correcting a little bit too much here. Uh, They're 7-1 against the spread in their last eight games. Uh, They had a seven-point loss to Washington, that triple overtime loss that Vaughn mentioned to USC. Um, But they beat those ranked opponents, Washington State, Oregon State. Uh, Their offensive output's really strong, 14th on S&P+. 
UCLA has struggled on the road against good teams, losing to Oregon State and Utah. But the difference is, I think that Ethan Garbers might get the call again this week. Um, he is that quarterback that filled in for Dante Moore last week. And if he's if that's the case, he was really consistent uh, both of the last two games that he's had to play. And UCLA's been playing really good defense just throughout the course of the season as well. Uh, I don't think that Arizona's defense uh, is better than Colorado and Stanford, uh, but I think it is better than Colorado and Stanford, but it's definitely not world breaking. Um, I think that UCLA's defense can perform on the road against this Arizona offense. UCLA covers and wins, uh, obviously, that three points. uh, And I think that the Bruins get things done if Garbers is behind center and maybe even if Dante Moore is too. But I I would like it more if Garbers, I think, at this point. I'm rolling with the home dog here. I love what Jed Fish is is doing out in Arizona. Vaughn kind of teed it up here. I mean, you look at their last four games. What a stretch it's been. Uh, the 27-24 victory over Oregon State, 44-6 blowout uh, over Washington State, the loss to USC in triple OT, and then just a seven-point loss to Washington. Man, Jed Fish has these boys playing football uh right now they're at home you know they're going to be fired up given how good they've been playing as of late ucla away uh you know from the rose bowl hasn't been that good and you know i'm with you dan from everything i've heard it sounds like chip kelly actually benched dante more in in favor of garbers i would imagine he's going to be going uh again here this week but i think the ucla offense with him it's a little less explosive. It has a little less upside than with Dante Moore. Obviously, we saw the pick sixes with Dante and everything like that, but his upside is so much more than Garbers, uh, in my opinion, that I don't know UCLA can be as explosive uh, with, with him under center against this Arizona team. So I'm going to grab the, the key number of three at home with a team that's playing really good football right now. Go ahead and give me the Wildcats. We roll to... An interesting matchup with number 15, Notre Dame, a three-point road favorite, kind of a, a short road favorite as they head to a 500 Clemson squad, Dan. Yeah, I like Clemson plus three, and I like the money line here, too, at plus 130. Fire, fighting Irish uh, have been bad on the road this year, and they've struggled to move the ball on the ground in the process, and that sounds like a recipe for disaster against a Clemson defense at home that's allowing less than 100 rushing yards per game on the ground. Uh, Clemson's lost two straight, both on the road against Miami and NC State, but now uh, they're back at home fighting for bowl eligibility, which just, I mean, imagine us saying that four years ago, that Clemson's fighting for bowl eligibility eight weeks in the season. We would sound crazy. Uh, But like I said, three of their four losses uh, have been on the road this season. They kept Florida State, who I think is much better than this Notre Dame team really close at home earlier this season uh the only question i have is if will shipley plays um he's probably the tigers best offensive weapon and obviously they're starting starting running back he's day-to-day according to Dabo yesterday uh but even without him i think that this one's going to be a slugfest really slow scoring game and i think Clem- that's the type of claim- game that clemson wins in this situation so i think they might pull off the upset here at home I uh, do like the the road favorite here. Give me the Fighting Irish to cover three. Uh, it it feels like the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit at Clemson. You know, you you had the radio call and uh, they've just really been struggling as of late. I've just been expecting them all season to kind of turn this thing around and. 
They they simply haven't. And Notre Dame in their last two outings, they've been really impressive, right? They had the bye week sandwiched in uh, between their last two games, but the big win against USC, and then last week, 58-7 to over Pitt coming off that. They're a little more rested uh, here this week, you know, uh, off the bye week and then off an absolute shellacking of Pitt. They've been pretty good coming off that stretch that was absolutely brutal. Uh, and, and Clemson's just not 24-17 loss to NC State, the overtime loss to Miami, and and even their last win, only 17-12 to over Wake Forest, man. The Clemson offense is just not very good. That Notre, Def- Notre Dame defense is pretty good. I do agree with Dan. I think we could see this be a, a, a slugfest, but ultimately – I don't have enough faith in in the Clemson offense to get it done, even in a, in a low scoring contest. Give me the Fighting Irish minus three um, as as they roll the Clemson. I completely forgot that Vaughn hadn't gone yet, so I apologize, Vaughn. You go you go ahead here, my man. That, that, that's okay. That's okay. I uh, I <laughs> it's all good. I'll I'll go last for this one. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame as well with the three points. I'll lay the three points gladly. Uh, you hit on a lot of points that I was going to say. It's just. Defense travels. That's like the cliche that everybody says. And Notre Dame's got a really good defense. Clemson has a really good defense as well. Number six total defense in the nation. And I know that Notre Dame has struggled more so on the road than they have at home. Obviously, these these easier home wins that they've had uh, in recent memory. Obviously, the USC game is the one that still stands out to me. uh, And the uh, tough road loss that stands out to me as well being the Louisville game. But this defense... uh, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to uh, uh, get some pressure on uh, quarterback Cade Klubnik, and uh, I just don't think Clemson has it in them this season to hang around. And and you mentioned the radio call, Luke. I I think this this team. I I don't think Dabo would say anything like that unless he's kind of like lost his marbles and lost his team a little bit this season. So it, it just isn't the year for the Clemson Tigers. So I, I'm going to take Notre Dame uh, to win and to uh, cover this three point spread on the road. And we're coming fresh off of Halloween, very scary time of year, but there is nothing more scary than how it can get when going for a close shave below the belt. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Their newest package contains the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer, and it features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and then a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It also has a dual LED spotlight to provide contrast in multiple skin tones, three-length setting combs, and perhaps best of all, it's waterproof. And also also included is a sweet travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or uh, weird looks in the airport. So you can join the 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for all of their grooming needs and use promo code BLOCKM20. That's BLOCKM20 to get free shipping and 20% off your order. Just head to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BLOCKM20 at checkout for 20% off your entire Order. So we've got a big top 25 matchup in the SEC. Number 12, Missouri. They're visiting the number two in the college football playoff rankings. Georgia Bulldogs, 15 point favorites at home. Vaughn, since I screwed up and and I had you go last, last time, man, I'll have you lead us off here on this one. Sure. 
I would. I'm honored, Luke. Thank you. I'm going to take Missouri to uh, cover the spread. By no means do I think they win this matchup, but I do think that uh, they are good enough to uh, not get blown out. Essentially, anything more than that might con- uh, be considered a blowout. So, um, yeah, Brady Cook, uh, Missouri quarterback, he's been really solid this season. Uh, and even though this is really odd, in doing research for this, I I, I saw they've only had two road games this season Missouri has so this is gonna be their third uh that's just crazy to think about as we uh record this on November 1st but he's completed 74 percent of his passes in those two road games albeit not stellar competition at Vanderbilt and at Kentucky uh but that just shows that he is being efficient with the football when he is in those passing scenarios on SP plus Missouri has a top 20 offense a top 30 defense which is better than any opponent that Georgia has played so far this season. So I will take Missouri to keep it close enough on Saturday. Still expect Georgia to pull out the win. How do you see it playing out, Dan? Yeah, I've faded Georgia for most of the season. Uh, That changes, I think, this week. Um, I think they're starting to play a little bit more consistently. They're looking like the number one team in the country, even though they're number two, I guess, uh, with the college football playoff rankings coming out. But they're hitting their groove, and they're starting to look like a really dominant team uh, in Athens. Missouri is having their best year in quite some time, uh, but – I'm sorry, they're not the number 12 team in the country. Um, This is a team that looks good on paper in a couple weeks from now for Georgia when they have another top 25 win. Um, But I'm not 100% sure that this team's going to be in the top 25 by the time that the year is over. Uh, The Tigers have had the ball bounce their way a few times. I mean, a 61-yard field goal to beat Kansas State. Um, Kentucky had three like self-enforced turnovers in the second half of that other road game that they had uh, outside of this one here coming at Georgia. I just think that Georgia rolls in this game. Uh, And it's like that highlight 230 SEC game um, that we see. And I think that Carson Beck uh, plays really well. And Georgia just kind of rolls over this team. Like they have so many others so far uh, that have been in a similar boat, I would say to this Missouri team. So I'm going to take them minus 15 in this one. Yeah, this feels like Death March Georgia is is starting to come back a little bit after that beatdown uh, against Florida last week. I'm going to roll with the Bulldogs minus the 15 here because it's that time. Calendar's flipping in November, and they know what they have to do now, and they might even be a little ticked off that they're the back-to-back national champs, and they're the number two team in the college football playoff in the opener, and it's a top 25 matchup. You're, you're not going to catch Georgia sleepwalking like they did a year ago uh, against Missouri. This is You're going to get good Georgia uh, here this week. They averaged 7.4 yards per play against Florida. It was total domination. They continue to do that here this week. They cover the 15, and I don't think it's even going to be that close against Missouri. Give me the Bulldogs. Minus 15 as we go to the Pac-12. Number five, Washington. A short three-point road favorite as they visit the Coliseum, taking on number 20, USC, Dan. Yeah, I might be crazy, but I'm going with USC, uh, and I kind of like him on the money line a little bit too here. Uh, We rip on the USC defense. Everybody says, oh, the USC defense is terrible. They suck. They're awful. 
They're giving up only 20 more yards a game than this Washington defense, uh, which I was staggered by when I saw that. Uh, the Trojans have lived or died by the shootout this season, and I think that's what this game turns into. It's all going to come down to how efficient Caleb Williams is going to be. He was picked off three times against Notre Dame uh, and then completed only 57 and a half percent of his passes against Cal last week in that one point win uh, but I think he has a lot to play for here because conversations are already starting that Drake may uh, might potentially be a better prospect than Caleb Williams in the NFL draft oh and then Michael Penix is also all of a sudden one of the Heisman favorites and everybody wants to count Caleb Williams out this screams like a game that Williams comes out and proves that he's still that dude even without the defense uh, so I'll take the Trojans plus three. I liked them more at plus three and a half. And then the money line's at 140. Um, so I'm looking at that as a potential play as well. Vaughn, how do you see it, man? Yeah, I'm going to roll with UW this weekend. E- even though it's on the road, um, I'm I'm going to take them uh, to win and to cover the spread. Uh, you know, they're very much in the situation that uh, that Penn State is in. There's There's so much in front of them. If they went out, they very well could make the college football playoff. They're just right on the outside there at number five in the CFP ranking. So if they keep winning, it's going to be very hard to keep them out. I just think they've got more motivation at this point. USC, we kind of know what to expect out of them at this point. They're going to put up a ton on the scoreboard, but they're also going to give up a lot on the scoreboard as well. Dan, you make a really good point about Washington's defense as well, but I just think the Huskies have a little bit more to play for this season, and uh, I think they're going to be able to put up more points uh, on USC's defense. I, I trust Washington's offense more at this point than USC's offense. I think Caleb Williams has kind of uh, subsided a little bit uh, after that uh, loss at, at uh, Notre Dame. I think it, it, it kind of uh, has him seeing ghosts, so to speak. Uh, so I'm going to take Washington to win and to cover. And uh, yeah, they just got more to play for at this point. So give me UW. I'm going to roll with the home dog here. Give me USC plus three. Uh, it is at the key of three. They are a home dog. Both things I really, really like. I think there's a big bounce back uh, for USC as well. Like, yeah, USC's defense sucks, but Washington's defense uh, isn't all that great as well. I think it's going to be a shootout, and this is a big game for Lincoln Riley, right? There's a, a kind of some murmuring about him. USC hasn't looked good the last few weeks. Uh, last few times out, having to pull one out against Cal is never a good look, man. I think they're going to be really locked in and focused uh, because I think USC does, if I'm not mistaken here, USC still is very much in play for, for a trip to the Pac-12 championship. Am I incorrect in that? They got two losses. Only one of them uh, have come in the Pac-12. So this is a big game for them and a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship at the end of the year. So I think they're going to be fired up, ready to go in the Coliseum uh, against UW here. And, you know, Washington hasn't played that well as of late either uh, coming off the big victory against Oregon. So give me the home dog with the key of three uh, here with the Trojans. Big matchup, top 25 in the SEC, number 14 LSU visiting Tuscaloosa, but Bama a short three-point favorite, Vaughn. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Alabama to cover at home here. This one really boils down to one thing for me. And that's, I don't trust Brian Kelly to beat Nick Saban twice in a row. I just think Nick Saban's got this fire lit in him and the team, it hasn't been a typical Alabama team. 
obviously that uh, early season loss to Texas kind of shook things up for them a little bit. They had the quarterback carousel going around, but I think they finally got everything solidified in place at this point, especially at the quarterback position. So if Bama wins, I expect it to at least be a by a, by a field goal. So it at the very least would be a push. Wouldn't be shocked if it's, uh, you know, within a touchdown, 10 points, something like that, just because LSU's defense. I mean, we talk about USC's defense being bad uh, and Washington's defense not being that great. LSU's defense has not been very good either this season, which is uh, really surprising for me because they looked pretty decent last year. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, against the competent competition uh, that LSU has played this season, they've given up an average of 38 points per game in either their road or neutral site games. I threw that Florida State one in there as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Alabama's offense, not anything to write home about this year, but I think I trust their offense a little bit more than LSU's defense, uh, which is 88th against the pass and 83rd against the run. Uh, uh, nationwide. So I will take Nick Saban and the Tide uh, to roll at home this weekend. Dan, how about you, man? Yeah, this feels like a trap a little bit at three points. It felt even more like a trap at three and a half um, because I think people really are starting to like that LSU team again. They're starting to feel that hype that they've had. Jaden Daniels has been spectacular. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide, four and one against the spread in their last five games. They're nine and one, 19 and one, excuse me, straight up in their last 20 games at home. Tigers have lost to two good teams, Florida State and Ole Miss, uh, both away from Baton Rouge. And uh, Alabama impressed me last week um, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, coming back to beat Tennessee uh, in that game. It's a night game in Tuscaloosa. I think that Alabama just is going to have their way. I think Jalen Milrow has a great game and uh, this Crimson Tide offense just beats down on a good or on a bad LSU defense. So yeah, I'm going to lay the points with Alabama at home. Yeah. Roll tide here this week, boys. Look, I just don't think the LSU defense is, is nearly good enough uh, to compete in this football game, especially at this number. They gave up 31 to Arkansas, 55 to Ole Miss. They gave up 39 to Mizzou and, and look, you can you can score enough to beat those teams, right, on their defenses. You're not going to score enough if you give up numbers like that to this Alabama team on this Alabama defense. Um, I, I also think revenge is on Bama's mind, kind of the point of, uh, uh, Vaughn alluded to was that, you know, LSU won that game last year on the two-point conversion. I think Bama's going to be pissed off rolling in here. They don't want to lose two in a row, similar to to what happened in the Tennessee game. Uh, and LSU's just not going to be able to make up for their bad defense against this Alabama defense. So give me the Tide at minus three. Finally, coming off the bye week, Michigan back at home, and they are a whopping 32.5-point favorite against visiting Purdue, Dan. Yeah, I'm going with Michigan this week. Uh, I think that they could start off a little bit slow in this game just because of the bye week, all the noise that's been happening. Um, but at the same time, maybe they don't, and then they just come out with all the energy in the world because of all the hoopla that's been out there. Uh, this Boilermaker team is awful, and uh, Michigan has pummeled teams like this all season. They're allowing 380.6 yards a game and are 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five Big Ten games. Give me Michigan by a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and I think that J.J. McCarthy has like one of those big games. You know, I think that he could he could have another three, four touchdown performance in this one uh, that 
you know, he's out by the third quarter and is really impressing the Heisman voters again. Vaughn, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to take Michigan too. It's like you said, Dan. I mean, this Purdue team is so, so bad. New head coach, new quarterback, definitely a far cry from what they were a season ago when they got to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. So this season is very much a transitionary one uh, for uh, Walters and uh, Hudson Card in this football program. I just think Michigan's going to be able to put up points with ease. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's going to be another one of those games where we uh, kind of sit around all Saturday and we're like, man, why is this a primetime game on NBC for crying out loud? But it's just kind of what we've been used to as uh, uh, followers of Michigan football this season. So I will take Michigan to win and to cover the spread. Yeah, I think this is going to be a pissed off Michigan team, boys. I don't think you could make this spread high enough, to be quite honest with you. Statement game for Michigan. They are going to roll at the big house under the lights. Eliminator pick. You guys both stayed alive. Uh, Dan went with Ohio State a week ago. Vaughn won with Minnesota. So as we head into week 10, where are you guys going this week? Well, I'm I'm going to go with Michigan, actually. Um, I, I think now is the time to play the Michigan card. Uh, it's just the, the clear-cut, easy one uh, for this week, and I have not used them yet. So I am uh, very happy to be able to use them uh, late in the season in November at home, primetime game. Like you said, for the pick, Luke, they are a pissed-off team, and they're going to put up like 70 on this Purdue defense. So let's let's ride with the Wolverines this week. How about you, Dan? Yeah, we're getting really tight here. I'm getting a little nervous. I thought about going Wisconsin over Indiana, but I'm going to take Michigan too. I think that that one is the clear-cut favorite for um, a team that's going to win this week. Um, so I'm going to survive in advance and uh, maybe have a really rough last couple of weeks with these Eliminator picks. Oh, man, it's going to get real dicey and really interesting <laughs> down the stretch, man. I can't wait to see how it goes. So those are eight games against the spread here for week 10 of the college football season on the Pick'em Pod. Before we go, Dan, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R. And Vaughn, how about you, man? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon and give Mason Brew a follow as well. We'll be tweeting out uh, for the football game Saturday night, so be sure to follow us there as well. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we got some great shows, including some new shows on the Block M Podcast Network. Make sure to give those a listen as well. So for my partners, Dan Plucker and Vaughn Lozon, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on the Pick'em Pod.